Hi, I'm Walter Lane, and you've tuned in to a sermon podcast from the Netherwood Park Church of Christ in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Thanks for listening. time. I'll give you a second chance. Good morning. The imagers are in town. We appreciate that. It's good to see you this morning. It's great to be together. It's December 30th, 2018. Those of you who are young, uh, when people tell you that as you get older, time passes much more quickly, they're not lying to you. It does indeed pass quickly. It's the last Sunday of 2018. We're going to spend a little bit of time this morning looking back, and we're going to spend a little bit of time looking forward, some of the things that are going to be happening in the next year. First, I want to bring you some good news. Um, To use the seasonal greetings, we're going to bring you glad tidings of great joy this morning. At the end of our worship service today, we're going to get to witness a baptism. Someone who's very near and dear to many of us will join with Jesus in his death, his burial, and his resurrection. They'll receive the gift of the Holy Spirit, and they'll walk forward from this day on clothed with Jesus Christ. So look forward to that. Look forward to being able to rejoicing together over that. On the screen behind me, go ahead and pull up the full thing, if you will, Doug. You see kind of a mashup. This is a mashup of the graphics of last year's theme and the graphics of this year's theme. So it's out of a boat and on a mission. We've spent this last year encouraging and coaxing and prodding and occasionally pushing each other to step out of our comfortable boats. So we've listened to lots of sermons, we've engaged in many weekly challenges, and all those have been an effort to get us to move out of our comfort zones, to get us to move into places that may not be comfortable, but places that will help us grow personally and put us into places where we'll be able to shine the light of Jesus into the darkness of the world around us. And I want you to know how much I appreciate your participation in all of those challenges and your engagement in all of those sermons. And I want you to know how encouraging it is to hear from so many of you stories about how you've been impacted by this theme this year, how you've made some difficult and uncomfortable decisions in your life, how you've taken bold steps to answer God's call for you to step out of your comfortable boats Since this is the last Sunday of the year, I thought it would be good to take just a moment to quickly remind us of some of those challenges we've engaged in over the last 12 months. See how many of these you remember. 
If you'll remember, we started the year last year by doing what? By moving to a different pew, a different part of the auditorium. So we had a completely different view of service because we were someplace else, someplace different. And I know some of you still haven't recovered from that very traumatic event that we engaged in. Also during this past year, at various times, we have sent notes and cards and words of appreciation and encouragement and support to our brothers and sisters. During this past year, we have tried to meet new people. We have tried to have someone new into our homes. We have tried to invite new people to come and worship with us. This past year, we have prayed for our enemies. We have worked to put others' needs before our own We've tried to make peace in our relationships. We've tried to mend some relationships. We've even tried to hold our tongues when tempted to say unkind words. We've engaged in some self-examination. We've also examined our words and our actions to see if they measure up, if they're congruent. We've met face-to-face with a brother or sister to find out what gifts they see in us. We've attended some church gatherings we might otherwise have chosen to avoid. We've recommitted ourselves to reading our Bibles. We've even given up reading, watching, and listening to political media for a week and substituting that time we would have spent doing that with reading God's Word. We've examined how we use our money. We've made changes so that we can be more generous to the work of God. And this past week, we ran to see the gifts that we've been given. But before we did that, we paused. And we thanked God for giving us the perfect gift, the only gift that really matters, the gift of Jesus Christ. So we've had all of those challenges, and we've had various sermons. And the goal of all of those things hasn't been discomfort for discomfort's sake. You know, being uncomfortable just to be uncomfortable really has no value, does it? It really doesn't accomplish anything. If you step out of your boat and you don't do anything or go anywhere, all that's going to happen is you're just going to get all wet. And there's really no purpose in that. So that's why our new theme, our 2019 theme, is stressing action. It's going to focus on what we do when we do get out of our boats. In many ways, it's a logical continuation of last year's theme. And we've done this because we recognize that it doesn't make any sense to get out of our boats and step out into the water if we aren't going to do anything once we get there. Some of you might be able to relate to this. It's kind of like getting up in the morning. So if you get up in the morning and all you do is move from your comfortable bed to your comfortable couch, you really haven't accomplished anything, have you? You just move from one comfort to another. So why do we get out of bed in the morning? I know you guys ask yourself that question all the time. Why why do we get out of bed in the morning? Well, we get out of bed because we have purpose in life. We have things to accomplish. We have things to do. So why do we get out of our boats? Well, we get out of our boats because we're children of God. And God's children have a purpose. God's children have things to accomplish. We're on a mission. See, we get out of the boat because God didn't create us and he didn't recreate us for comfort. He created us for mission. That's what we're made for. 
I want you to listen to what Paul says about what we've been created for. I'll be in Ephesians chapter 2. I'll start reading with verse 1. Listen to what Paul says. He says, As for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins, in which you used to live when you followed the ways of this world and of the ruler of the kingdom of the air, the spirit who is now at work in those who are disobedient. He goes on to say, All of us lived among them at one time, gratifying the cravings of our sinful nature and following its desires and thoughts. Like the rest, we were by nature objects of wrath. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ even when we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith and this not from yourselves. It is the gift of God, not by works so that no one can boast Listen to this, for we are God's workmanship, created in Jesus Christ to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. Why have we been made alive? Why have we been rescued? Why have we been saved? Why have we been recreated? Well, it's not so we can just be stashed away in some comfortable boat. It's not so we can be insulated and isolated from the world that's around us. No, as Christians, as sons of God, we've been called out of lives that are devoted to our own comfort, out of lives that are devoted to our own pleasure. We've been called out of lives that are centered on our own selfish thoughts and our own selfish desires. We've been called out of that life that leads to death. We have been made alive. We've been graciously recreated by God. And it's been done through and in Jesus Christ. And it's been done so that we can live the good lives and do the good things he prepared for us and created us to do. We've been recreated in the image of Jesus Christ. We've been recreated to live like Jesus lived and to do the things that Jesus did. We've been recreated to join Jesus' mission to the world. That's who we are. We're Jesus' image bearers. We are his missionaries. That's who we are. That's why we are here. We aren't here to safely and comfortably cocoon ourselves in our boats as we just wait for Jesus to come and take us home. But instead, we're here to join Jesus out on that often scary and frequently uncomfortable world where he's already at work, where he's already accomplishing his mission. So why get out of the boat? Well, because that's who we are. That's what we are created for. And we also get out of the boat because that's where the action is. We get out of the boat because that's where God's mission is being advanced. We get out of the boat because that's where Jesus is already at work. You see, since we've been recreated in Jesus' image, we've also been recreated for his mission. 
And in order for us to understand our mission, we need to understand his mission. So we might ask, how did Jesus understand his mission? Well, let's just look at a few things that Jesus said. See, Jesus said that he came not to call the righteous, but he came to call sinners to repentance. Jesus said that he came to seek and save that which was lost. He said that he came not to be ministered to, but to minister. He said that he came to bring light to darkness. He said that he came not for his own benefit, but for the benefit of mankind. See, Jesus' mission was and Jesus' mission is out in the world. That's where his mission, that's where his father's mission is being advanced. That's where Jesus is still at work. And that's why Jesus told us not to hide and seek anonymity in our comfortable boats. Instead, he said this. He said, you're the light of the world. A city on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand and it gives light to everyone in the house. So in the same way. Let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. And see, we get out of our boats, not because we're seeking discomfort, but we get out of our boats because we want to join Jesus in seeking and saving the lost. We get out of our boats, not because we're looking to be ministered to, but because we're looking to join Jesus in ministering to others. We get out of our boats because we're no longer content to hide our lights. But instead, we want to shine our lights out into the dark world. We get out of our boats because that's where the action is. That's where God's mission to the world is being advanced. That's where we join Jesus in his work in accomplishing God's mission. We get out of the boat because we're on a mission. And we get out of our boat and join God's mission not because of who we are. Not because of what we're going to make ourselves. No, we get out of our boat because of who our God is. And we get out of our boat because of what God has made us to be. That's why we've chosen 1 Peter 2. 9 and 10 as our theme verses for 2019. Once more, listen to what God has made you to be. Listen to what your identity is in Jesus Christ. Peter says, you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a people belonging to God to declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his wonderful light. Once you were not a people, but now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. That identity is what makes it possible to get out of the boat and on a mission. It's this new identity that makes it possible to get out of the boat. It's our new identity. So what what is this identity? What is our recreated identity? Who are we? Well, Peter tells us we are 
God's chosen. Let that sink in for just a minute. You are God's chosen. I don't know, have you ever had that playground or maybe a gym experience where teams are being chosen up? You know, everybody's lined up. You're lined up with a bunch of other people and two captains are picking their teams. If you're not very good at sports, that's a nervous time, right? And and do you remember how gratifying and how empowering it is to be picked, to actually be chosen? The confidence that gives you. That you're wanted, that you're needed, that you've been chosen. That's what Peter's saying. He's saying you've been picked, you've been chosen. And not by a team, Captain. You've been chosen by the God of the universe. And that's why you're equipped to step out of the boat. That's why you're able to go on a mission. Because your identity is you are one chosen by God. And not only are you chosen by God, but he has made you his priest. Chew on that for a second. He has made you his priest. Back to the playground. That's like not only being chosen for the football team, but also being made the quarterback of the team. That's what Peter wants us to understand. God hasn't chosen us to sit on the sidelines. No, he's made us priests. He's given us privileges and responsibilities. He's given us the privilege and responsibility of taking him to the people. He's given us the privilege and the responsibility of bringing the people to him. And Peter's saying, you are God's priest. And that's why you're equipped to step out of the boat. That's why you're able to go on a mission. Because your identity is you are a priest of God. And not only are you a chosen priest of God, but you're also part of a great nation. Which means you don't have to go it alone. You don't have to do mission alone. Now, when you step out of your boat, you find other chosen priests who are already out on the water. You join with them because they're also on God's mission. You find out that you're part of a great nation, a nation that's not identified by borders. It's not identified by languages. It's not identified by skin color. It's identified by carrying the image of Jesus Christ, identified by being clothed with Christ. That's what Peter wants you to know. Not only are you a chosen priest, but you're also a citizen of God's great, holy nation of priests. And that's why you're able. That's why you're prepared to get out of the boat and go on a mission. Because your identity is you belong to God's nation of chosen priests. That's who you are. That's what you're here for. That's your identity. That's pretty heady stuff, isn't it? A chosen priest of God. But before we get too full of ourselves, we probably should revisit that playground. Remember, you've been chosen, you've been made quarterback, and that sounds like a certain path to glory, to being lifted up, to being praised by other people. But that's not our story. Our story is different. See, we've been chosen by God, not because we were worthy, Not because of how good we are, how skilled or valuable we are. We weren't chosen because of how we've performed in the past. We've been chosen in spite of how we've performed in the past. 
Let's let Paul give us a quick dose of humility here. Paul's really good at that. 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 26. Paul says, Brothers and sisters, think of what you were when you were called. Think of what you were when you were chosen. Not many of you were wise by human standards. Not many of you were influential. Not many of you were of noble birth. But God chose the foolish things... He's talking about us. God chose the foolish things of the world to shame the wise. God chose the weak things of the world to shame the strong. He chose the lowly things of this world and the despised things and the things that are not to fully, not to nullify the things that are, so that no one may boast before him. It's because of him you are in Christ Jesus, who has become for us wisdom from God. That is our righteousness, that is our holiness, that is our redemption. Therefore, as it is written, let him who boasts, boast in the Lord. What's Paul saying? Well, he's saying, you're not able to get out of the boat and join God's mission because of your wisdom, not because of your standing, not because of your strength. He's saying it's not about you. Instead, it's about who chose you. It's about who you serve See, we're able to get out of the boat and out on a mission because of who our master is. We're able to do that because we're servants of God. That's our identity. We are servant priests among a nation of servants who serve the world in service to our God. That's a lot of service, isn't it? We are servant priests among a nation of servants who serve the world in service of our God. So what makes it possible to get out of the boat and on a mission? We're able to get out of the boat and join God's mission because he has rescued us from death. Because he's given us life. Because he's given us purpose. Because he's given us mission. That's our identity. That's who we are, and that's why we're here. So as we look forward to this new year, I want to give you one final uncomfortable challenge for this year. And this is an identity challenge. I challenge you to this week, pray that during this next year, God will help you embrace your identity He'll help you embrace your identity as his chosen. Your identity as his priest. Your identity as his nation. Your identity as his servants. And your identity as his rescued. Because you are a chosen people. You are a royal priesthood. You are a holy nation. You are a people belonging to God. Once you were not a people... But now you are the people of God. Once you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy. Once you had not been redeemed, but now you have been redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. That's our identity. That's who we are. Let's embrace our identity. Let's be who God has called us to be. Let's end by standing and let's singing a song of the redeemed. Let's sing together. Sing, Lord, like a shepherd.